0: We invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing, as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Ah, Welcome. Hey, Kelly Groslogs. Hello,
1: Jeffrey Cloninger. Oh,
0: I love that. We introduced each other. How are you today?
1: <laughs> I'm doing very well. How about you?
0: I'm great. It's the end of a long day. I feel very satisfied. We are so thrilled that we are coming to you once again from Studio B, and it's conversations with Kelly. It's wonderful. Mm. Yeah.
1: And I'm so excited about our guest today.
0: Yeah, we do have a special guest today. Um, it's my friend, Josh Ward, and he is awesome. He happens, for the record, to also be a friend of mine. Oh, well, I called him, okay? I started it. Can I call him? I guess I called it, because you can't really say... You called it after I said I called it.
1: Yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time. I
0: know you are. Um, But Josh is a great friend of ours. How's that? Does that sound (laughs) good? I think that's right.
1: Everybody wants to be Josh's friend.
0: Everybody wants to be Josh's friend. Josh is a super talented designer in addition to a friend of mine. Did I mention that? (laughs) And he lives in the Chicago area. And I've known him for a little bit over a year now, maybe even two almost. Um, And we'll get into that here in a second. But um, Josh is joining us today to talk a little bit about finding a therapist, working with a therapist. And of course, right now, I think many of us could benefit from a therapist. Josh also has a podcast called Yup, It's Josh. And he just launched it not too long ago. So cool. And I was honored to be a guest on the Yup, It's Josh podcast. And we were talking about, well, let's just, let's invite Josh to start talking here too. What were we talking about? Leadership? And we were
2: talking about the importance of leadership, integrity, and then there was also the part two on the fundamentals of relationships. Yeah. So, yeah, and
1: I listened to the first one, and I have to say, you two are pretty fun to listen together. <laughs> oh,
0: well, you know, we had a good time. So, welcome, Josh. Yeah. Thank you to, yes. to you for being here, and welcome to Conversations with Kelly for all of our listeners. And, um, gosh, where can we jump right in here? Um, I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, no. But I'm going to put you on the spot, but I'm going to preface it by saying everything I'm asking you, and I think you might be asking Josh as well, Kelly. We've ourselves gone through a lot of this too. Mm-hmm. So this is like putting on our vulnerable cap right now and mm-hmm. saying, hey, all of us have been in therapy, and I, I might be going out on a limb here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess all of us has, have benefited from it. So I might yeah. want to start off by saying, We're asking you, Josh, um, maybe just tell us a little bit about your journey to get to that spot where you've decided it might be beneficial for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, we talk about vulnerability caps and let me tell you, I have like one in every color, like (laughs) the importance of being vulnerable has honestly just been a journey all on its own. And I think we would all understand that. Um, So I think in terms of me needing to come to a place, it really came out of a place of pain. Mm -hmm. And it was being forced into a therapeutic type of system that coming out of that, I was like, man, maybe I should really look into positive therapy systems. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm being cryptic, but to um, give a quick background Mm -hmm. on that system, it was Um, When I came out, Mm -hmm. I came from a very conservative, very religious, heavy background and was put into a conversion therapy situation. And as we know, and Kelly, you probably can speak wildly to the effects of conversion therapy, and um, it was within that setting that I sat there and I was expected to change everything about who I am. I was expected to push everything away that was inherently genuine to me. And out of that thinking, I sat there and thought, man, I actually need to dig deeper into who I am and need to accept and process these things. And so going out of that situation, I'm instead of running away from therapy, it actually allowed me to run towards therapy.
0: Wow. So a negative therapy experience pushed you deeper into a more positive therapy experience, yeah. ultimately. Yeah, mm,
1: that's, that's actually unusual and remarkable. I'm you unusual. Had, <laughs> well, in a good way <laughs> that you had that insight because most people, if they have an unpleasant experience, don't want to go for it anymore.
2: Yeah. And I, and it wasn't the first therapist after that that I went to that I was like, man, this is it. Okay. Right. Like I, it's kind of like window shopping in a way. Mm -hmm. Like I've had sessions, one-off sessions with a couple of therapists and it wasn't until maybe about a year ago that I saw one and, and we just, we bonded. We click. I love her. I appreciate her. And now we just celebrated our year anniversary together. Wow. That's a
1: big, so Josh, you bring up a really good point. I want the listeners to talk about. So it is, it is like shopping, right? And some people are they are put into a certain box because of their insurance, so they can only go to this person, this person. For some people pre-COVID, and we'll talk about this, um, the good news about COVID is you can see a therapist an hour away because that person specializes in what you need right. and not have to worry about the drive right. because much of it is is telemedicine right now. But talk a little bit about the inclinations in the beginning like I don't know if I like this person I tend to unless there's something so blanket and so obvious that people are not going to connect I tend to ask people to give it at least two to three sessions because the first session can be really hard I mean you're anxious and the therapist maybe had a bad day because they just had a really bad session with somebody and
0: a lot of times it's a lot of housekeeping Right? Yeah. You're filling out forms. It's very perfunctory yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like um, g-
2: going on a date almost. Like, how do you expect me, the the client, mm-hmm. to give you the all of the experience of my life in a 30, 60-minute session? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I walk into dates, not that I'm going on many these days, but <laughs> I've walked into dates and I'm like, I have to give this two or three chances before I call it quits. Cause how can I expect someone to prove instantly that they should spend the rest of their life with me? Right. And I kind of have that same mentality when it comes to therapists because they're, they're human, right? Yeah. Like they have, while they have all this training, they're impacted by clients and they're taking on and on and on. So I've walked into rooms and maybe it's, been a situation like that there's one example that comes instantly where they said something that was a little borderline like homophobic right and maybe again maybe it wasn't intentional but again it was like hey maybe it's just I need someone that has a little bit more understanding for the needs that I have and that does not mean that therapist is wrong or a bad fit it was just not a good fit for me
1: absolutely and I don't recommend people if there's a definitive thing right because I've had over the years, I've had multiple clients that have called, you know, they call and because they're recommended to come to me because of a specialty I have. But if somebody says, I'm looking for, a, let's say, an example, a Christian therapist, I'll say, Yeah, I identify Christian, but I don't practice as a Christian therapist. So if you're looking for a Christian therapist, I would not be the person to come to. That's just an example. Right. Do I believe in God? Yes, all those things, but. I don't practice from a Christianity standpoint that's not I actually practice right. from spiritual and so I wouldn't want that person to come to me and have to keep trudging through looking for something I don't have to give them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think a good therapist up front will be very clear that I do not have what I think you need. Yeah. And have a discussion with the client about that, right? Now, how did you feel about not going back? Did you feel like, oh, I'm going to hurt that person's feelings or? Oh, my
2: gosh, yes. I felt guilt, mm-hmm. like, leaving that office. It. I walked out of the, in this one situation, I walked out of this office and I'm like, well, I can never go to this guy again. Like, I could never, like, I just will not, I could feel myself feeling um, like I was building walls up. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to expose myself. Mm-hmm. I was. But then at the same time, I felt guilt, you know, that both and Mm -hmm. um, familiarity. of
0: Both and. Yeah.
2: Like, I just, I felt like, man, I'm going to hurt his feelings or, you know, did he like me? I don't know.
0: There's crickets in the room. I think that's somebody's phone. Oh, well.
1: (laughs) Could it be the producer's phone? Yeah, I think it's (laughs) mine. (laughs) The one who would kick my, you know what, if that, my phone. Yeah, my (laughs) keister, if that went off. (laughs) Um. So, you bring up a a really important point. This happens with physicians, therapists, anybody that's in like a professional. Um, a couple things. One is don't ever feel bad for honoring what you need, and I want to say that very clear to people. Don't ever feel bad for honoring what you need. When people feel guilty, that tends to be diagnostic for me. Anyways, it means like what's their self worth. Maybe they were never told they were good enough to make their own decision. Maybe they've lost their voice, whatever that may be. I love that you honored it, Josh, because I have heard from friends, well, I didn't want to hurt their feelings, or it's so much work to find a new therapist, and I waited three weeks to get into her, and blah, blah, blah. I just kept going to her, but six months later, I'm just as unhappy as I was in the beginning because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. That tends to be also diagnostic. When I say diagnostic, I mean part of an assessment because then I'll be like, I wonder what other relationships you've stayed in, in your real life, in your macro life, and in, in therapies are a little micro life, that maybe you should have gotten out earlier, you know, kind of right.
2: thing. It's really interesting, um, because I don't know why, but I've never had that uh, feeling of like, well, I should just stay, you know, because, and maybe it's just me being the Polish person that I am where I'm like, well, I'm paying them. So if I'm not getting the full worth of this money, then I should move on. Kind of like I'm going to shop for a cheaper cell phone plan. Yeah. You know, it, yes. And I don't mean to degrade therapy, but from a consumer standpoint, that's kind of where I've not felt that guilt, but the Good. empath in me has yeah. felt that guilt.
1: Now, if you and Jeffrey, I know you've also been in, in therapy. If you guys, let's say you had a relationship with a therapist I know my answer for this, but I'd love to hear the two of you, um, what you'd say. Because as people are listening, they might actually be thinking, not only do I need to go see a therapist, but I'm in a therapy situation that doesn't feel right for me. How would you handle that? How would you guys handle that? If you Let's say you had a relationship, a relationship two to three months. Would well, you talk to the person?
0: Mine um, started off great. You know this story, mm-hmm. Kelly. I think you asked a question you knew the answer to. <laughs> And over time, and it it was really, really awesome. And I had an opportunity to spend some time with my therapist, really make some great advancements, work on myself, take the time then away from her and practice what we were working on. And so that was kind of chunk number one and everything was copacetic. Mm -hmm. And then I went back at some point down the road, something came up and it was like, oh, maybe I should go back now. Like This is great. Right. So I did. And, um, I started to notice that my therapy session was her therapy session. She was giving me a lot of, I would say, biased opinions as opposed to listening to what my needs were. And that was new because before it worked great. I got lots of great tools. And then all of a sudden, and it was particularly around work, and my, <laughs> this is getting very personal now, but it was my work impacted her work. And because I worked for this particular organization, it was a problem. Mm-hmm. And so long answer, but I needed to disengage from that. And I didn't formally disengage. I just simply never went back. Okay. I stopped going. Yeah. I never made that next appointment. She never called and I never made it. Mm. Right. And, and I felt okay with that. I was done, right, and I could move on. It was disappointing, yeah, um, but I didn't have the kind of relationship where I felt like I had to call her and tell her, "Hey, these things." It was just it wasn't worth it yeah. at that point.
1: Well, I do. It's a very sacred relationship, right? I mean, a therapist-client yeah. is a very, very sacred relationship, and I can say a hundred percent I know that as a client perspective. But I will also say a hundred percent as a therapist who's had relationships. With several clients over the years that are very sacred to me in healing because they're trusting me with things that they have never told anybody, right? And so I take that to heart. Now, obviously, big red flags when therapist is using the session for their own advantage point. And
0: right? I, you know, like it or not, I just took the attitude of, well, I'm not gonna waste my time on this, mm-hmm. right? I don't need to fix whatever is going on. I simply need to get away from it. And yeah. at that point, it was spoiled. Like you can't rewrite that ballot. It's spoiled.
1: Does that, does that infringe on you ever getting therapy again, then? That no. Because that's important to know. We it, are human and there's lots of us. Very good right? point. So.
0: Very good point. I haven't been back since.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I probably should. To anybody you're saying To that anybody. To, yeah. And maybe I should. Um, and I'm careful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. It's mm-hmm. just like a physician. I've had physicians, mm-hmm. you know, you know mm-hmm. that story, too, who've who've inappropriate. Made, made inappropriate passes at me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that certainly doesn't inspire me to go to any physician in the future. Sorry. One person mm-hmm. can ruin it for mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah. And that's terrible. Yeah.
2: I think um, and, and to your point, there's definitely I think it's why I've found that I lean more towards female Uh, therapist than having maybe a male who specializes in LGBT or, you know, who Mm -hmm. is a gay man themselves. I have found that I almost like can't build up enough trust for that. Sure. Um, And it came from an example of my ex seeing a gay um, therapist. And then we ended up being out in a club and the therapist was like extremely wasted uh, I, on like a weekend and just like it's very disorienting right like yeah i walked in and, and it was just this like stun and i'm like yeah see i never ever want that to be me yeah.
0: well and the lines yeah. are
2: blurred there you're very suddenly so out in blurred. public it, it, if i ever saw my therapist maybe walking in a grocery store totally different mm-hmm. and that's mainly because i've never seen her in person mm-hmm. but um to go and like See it in that kind of environment where it's very like let loose. There's no guardrails. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I could handle handle that.
1: Sure. So talk a little bit, if you would, Josh, about um, the process of seeing a therapist. So you, which was interesting, you said it took a lot of pain to get you there. So we have many people listening right now that are trying to bargain with themselves, if you will. I don't, I'm not that bad. I don't really need to go. And many people do that. Cause let's face it. If you're going to do it well, it needs to be an investment of your time and soul. I mean, and not only your money, but your time and your soul. And people have said to me many times, I'm so scared. What's going to be uncovered.
2: Oh yeah. You know? And
1: what if they uncover something in me that is so scary that I'm not going to be able to handle that. And my response to that is if you're in the, if you're in the space of a safe person, that's exactly where you want to uncover it. Because if you don't uncover it, it actually has more detrimental effects. So what what would be, talk a little bit about what the process is, even like how do you find a therapist?
2: Yeah, well, and before I jump into that, it's really interesting. I just... Um, one of the latest episodes that I just had, we talked about the difference between identity and personality. And one of the points that we make is you're not only doing yourself a disservice when you're not allowing yourself to be the most authentic, genuine self that you are, you're also doing a disservice to people around you because you're inherently yes not allowing yourself to be that true beautiful person that we all are mm-hmm. and that's hindered by that's beautiful. trauma and life and you know there's a lot of things mm-hmm. you know glennon doyle talks about how she uses the analogy of rocks being in a river mm-hmm. and blocking and how sometimes we need therapy or friends or family but in this case therapy mm-hmm. that can help you move yes. some of those rocks and allow the flow yes For me, finding a therapist, I mean, I'm very particular. um, And so, and I also don't consider my brain to be for the faint of heart. So um, (laughs) I needed someone that was going to not only challenge me, but also put me in my place when I needed to. And I'm one of those clients that's probably a therapist nightmare because I studied behavioral science. Mm -hmm. So I I sit in the chair and I'm like, oh, I know this tactic. Oh, I know (laughs) what you're trying to do here. And then- a good therapist, a safe space therapist is like, yeah, you think so, but let mm-hmm. me just
0: uh, flip this over on you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's how it started out for me with mine.
1: Did it? Yeah. yeah.
0: And then I think it almost became, and this is me psychoanalyzing my therapist, mm-hmm. a game where it was like, I wonder what she's going to say to this. And that is certainly not the game I want to play. Right. 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 That wasn't fair to Either of us. Well, it's
1: not where you want your energy to be.
0: No, but it was kind of like, gosh, what's she going to do when I tell her this? And that doesn't feel good. Even right now, Mm -hmm. saying that, I'm like, whoa, no. Mm -hmm. Because you can see it. You can identify what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) mm. I think,
2: you know, for me, when it came to looking, I was trying to figure out where I wanted to focus on in my life. And that was kind of the first spot for me. But I also was burdened by uh, not only financial, I didn't want to make the financial investment Mm yet. Um, I also kind of had similar thoughts where I'm like, you know what? I'm the guy that always helps my friends. I always help my family. I'm the cornerstone for a lot of these hard conversations. People naturally trust me and I give advice. So why do I need Mm. to find a therapy and really dedicate my heart and soul to therapy? And even saying that now, after having been in therapy, I'm like, man, um, if everyone's coming to you, you should absolutely be the one that's in therapy, especially if you have relationships that are trusting you coming to you. Um, it's, I also now when people come, I obviously day to day talk people, Mm -hmm. friends, family, whatever, but oftentimes it's, Hey, this is what I'm thinking, but are you talking to someone?
1: yes, the perspective absolutely. Has changed. Absolutely. That's an, I mean, it's, and I can relate. I have a lot of people that come to me as well. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and I see it, I see it as an honor, but for me, I have to be so careful that I'm not the therapist with my friends because that would be my inclination, you know, because that's how I'm trained. Right. But I get that 90% of the time I'm at a party. People say, what do you do? I tell them they're like, Ooh, are you analyzing me? And I'm like, no, I'm actually here, because I truly don't. I mean, I might look at somebody like you'd look at somebody and go, oh, they seem really anxious, or they seem kind of off. Yeah. But I'm not like, do they fit the criteria for anxiety <laughs> disorder? Because no, I, I'm on a part. First, it's unethical. Secondly, no, I'm, I'm really not doing everybody that.
0: Everybody does say that to you. I've seen it multiple times. Everybody.
1: Everybody does. And, right. and I think what's so interesting, what that tells me, is the stigma still in the fear that we have over therapy because they're asking in a way like, Ooh, do you see something with me? Instead of like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Like I, and some people will say like, I love my therapist. I this, but more often than not, there's a little bit of a fear. Like, is she looking at me in a certain way, which tells me we still have a ways to go about therapy. Right. I mean, we do. And what, so what I want to say to people listening to is the intent of therapy is to help it's, it, it, the therapist's job is not to quote unquote fix you. The therapist, if you're seeing a very good therapist, is there to shed light on things you are giving them, him or her, and to help you get insight and integrate all the traumas, all the losses, all the pains into where you are now. I have this topic that I talk about, caring versus healing. It's geared towards illness. But it actually applies to if you have a traumatic past experience, we can't cure that we can't make that go away. We can't it's happened. What we can do. So for your for example, your traumatic experience in conversion therapy um, is is a trauma and that could bring up some PTSD things around going to therapy. We can't change that, But what we can do is in your current situation is learn how to integrate. And that's what I really believe therapy is about is integrating all the stories, integrating all of the things that have happened to us into how do we continue to live our life. Most people are like, I'm here, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, I want you to fix this. And that's where also a therapist has to be good and not just go, okay, and shake their head. Instead say, that's not really my model. So if you're, if you're interviewing therapists People should be asking, especially if you need, like um, I was talking to somebody about they had a specialty, they were looking for um, a therapist for a certain kind of an anxiety disorder that they had. And a lot of therapists will kind of put blanketed things what they specialize. I see that a lot with grief and loss, okay, whereas like I I do grief and loss. So then what you want to ask the therapist is what percentage of your caseload is dedicated and this happened to be for trichotillomania which is pulling of the hair um for anxiety what what's how much of your caseload is is specialized in that let them tell you and then what is your style like because I want I want you to tell me what your style is because I think you can get a lot and if they say well I'm really just going to sit back let you work through stuff that may not be for you
0: it's right. too bad you can't sit in on somebody else's session and just listen, right? <laughs> right. Well, right,
1: like test drive the car. Yeah,
0: yeah. You bring up a really good point, though,
2: too. That reminds me. I was seeing a therapist when I moved to Chicago about five years ago, and I really liked her. And this was after me shopping around. I okay. finally like found a girl, liked it, and was like, I like this style. She was a little bit more hands off, but again, I didn't really know if that's what I truly needed but at the time. Right. That's what I, that's what worked, and. Um, I saw her for a couple of years on and off due to, you know, financial insurance, all of that, some of these factors that not all of us can control. Mm -hmm. And, um, then what really threw me for a loop was she said, Hey, so I'm getting married and I'm moving. Mm -hmm. And I saw her in person Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: I was like, uh, What am I going to do? I have to start this process all over. I've already invested so much time and energy in sharing these stories. And she specialized or she specialized so much in. uh, It's my mother calling me (laughs) two for two. Love it. We're just waiting for Kelly's phone. Kelly, you're
1: next. Mine's nowhere near me. I don't bring it in the studio.
2: Um, (laughs) Anyway, she she specialized in the areas that I really needed, and a lot of that was coming out of traumatic experiences. So, I took some time off actually, from therapy to not only analyze the work that we had done, but then wanted to reevaluate myself and see, okay, now not that I'm cured, but where can mm-hmm. I pivot and focus if I need to pivot and focus mm-hmm. now? Um, and that was just a discovery practice I needed for myself on learning about myself.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, there was a time earlier this year where my current therapist and I, she called it a sprint. And that was where there was a lot of factors going in pandemic being a huge part Mm of that job loss, uh, lost a relationship Mm -hmm. our business burned down not literally just our business ended um and so there's so much change and also I was moving out of our home right so she wanted to call it a sprint and that was me seeing her twice a week for four weeks okay and I had a a couple of friends that were like oh my gosh no 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 no, that's way too much and overload Mm -hmm. and I'm like you know what I was one of them you were definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, how are you going to work through all of that twice a week? Yeah, and we did. And you know what's interesting is we barely talked about those factors. She, she he,
1: held space for you. Yeah.
2: yeah. She. Some of those sessions, we talked about me at eight years old yep. going to camp every summer. Yep. And it was almost like an exploratory for her. Mm-hmm. And it was a mindset for me. come in and say okay oof, that is a lot of money Mm -hmm. Uh, then the practical side of me right like that's a lot and i had to make this commitment Mm -hmm. to to really set that forward and it paid off
1: what i want to say about that for people listening that are in therapy is our friends are so well intended right because they love us they care about us i also want people if you in your heart trust your therapist then that needs to be between you and your therapist and if that it's like when I would call insurance companies um, to try and get people to take a leave, a mental health leave, and then it's the person behind the phone making the decision based on some criteria, and I would always say, you need to allow me to make the decision because I'm in the room with the person. You're just sitting behind the phone. And I So I think if a therapist is saying, I would like you to come in twice a week, and you trust your therapist, and you have a relationship with your therapist, we want to... We want to give the therapist the benefit of the doubt. Like that must be what we need, you know, truly. Or I have said to people, I want to cut you back to once a month from twice a month. And they're like, no, I don't, you know, and I think that's another part of therapy too, is sometimes we have to embrace the healing that we've done and we're so dependent on that person and in that ritual. And we like ritual and we like, you know, the consistency, but it is also our jobs To allow people to hold up the mirror when they're also healing and say, we're going to just, we're going to take it back. We're just going to take it back to a month, once a month. If we need to come back, we will. It's amazing the human resilient side too, when they have to do things like you, you know, your therapist left. Now I also left practice. People that are listening that were in my practice, (laughs) I'm (laughs) sure you have feelings about this and I had to do it for personal reasons, for a grief experience that I was in. I had to practice what I preached. But I also knew I needed to take my career on a different path from what I had learned from people I wanted to share it. Jeffrey was very influential in encouraging that. Barbara, I mean, a lot of wonderful people. It felt like maybe the worst thing at the moment for some people. But to know where they are now, today, it really shows me their resilient side. And like you were saying, Oh my gosh, she's getting married, she's leaving. I'm going to, and now you're in with this therapist who you adore.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And for the record, uh, her and I are in one of these moments where she stepped out for a month to deal with some job growth and, Uh you know, she has a family. Um, So now I'm kind of sitting here and she told me probably a week before the election and oh. i was like oh my yeah. god like what in great mind? timing huh yeah. Right. oh yeah oh yeah right. wow like, there was i was terrified mm-hmm. but you know
0: what we're about what halfway through
2: and it's okay. been lovely
0: so I, I have a quick question yeah. um i just don't want to miss this point right now doing therapy in a setting where you're not in the same room mm-hmm. what's that like
2: so i started therapy with this so after my old therapist left. I actually landed with a recommendation from her of a woman who is only doing telemedicine. Okay. So, and I was a little um, curious about what that vibe would look like, um, but I've been working with an online platform and I have never loved it more.
1: Oh, Josh, that's great. Yeah. So compare the two. Do you feel like you're getting substandard care because you're not in the room with, I mean.
2: So this platform is pretty unique. You have your session via video okay and then this platform in particular allows you to send messages throughout the week in between your sessions and then she can respond either with an audio message or with just written text and that to me is golden because it's almost like getting notes before the test wow you know like and that to me is where the value truly comes in because I can be in the middle of a situation and shoot her off a message and then she'll have it for when we go into that session she can follow up
1: so she doesn't follow up in between sessions she follows up in your session with you the following week
2: she will follow up in between if she can it's not like a requirement but it's part okay. of the service like,
1: sound like a nightmare to as a nightmare. like because you have to like you have to keep getting back to people all week no, you, but I see what you're yeah, saying okay you
2: have, you have the they have the freedom and the breath to do that nice. as much as you can
1: well you want to be a touch point for your your clients constantly. I mean, you want to be, I mean, that was always important to me. It
2: replaced me calling or freaking out.
1: So, um, the message I hope that people are really hearing is that it's okay to be scared of therapy. It's okay to have all these feelings and the both end and still try it. I also think it would be very hard pressed right now to find a circle of friends that somebody hasn't gone to therapy. It doesn't matter what age. I mean, truly, like if people, I hope people are being honest enough. Friend groups is an okay place to start asking for references. You know, do you have any references? Your physician. um, Psychology Today is a resource online. You can type in, you know, um, looking for a relationship, LGBTQ, whatever it may be. They can pop up. Now, though they are putting in there what they want people to know. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that is somebody else's experience of them. That's their own. Um, Some people call their insurance company because they want to know who's in network. It's it's a very practical thing. But I will say the friend groups tends to be a really good place to start or your coworkers because they will say, I really love this person. So you have firsthand, great place to start. But I want to also say that it is very natural If you are having anxiety about going to therapy, that is not an indicative reason to not go. Like that is not, that's not your gut. saying. That is a natural reaction. Would you agree, Josh? I mean, to like, I have to go tell this thing to to somebody that I have never met and I've never told this story.
2: It's also giving yourself grace.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. That's so awesome. And to... To say to the therapist right out of the gate, I would recommend to that I am anxious about this. Like this makes me anxious. And so I think we could have part two of this. I mean, it's just so, but the bottom line right now is please seek out telemedicine because it, it is, it is so available to many people and that Josh, we are so grateful for you being vulnerable and transparent and just you know, knowing I know that you're not my friend and that you're Jeffrey's friend, but <laughs> oh, if, whatever. Stop if you that's were, not true. if you were my friend, <laughs> what yeah. I would notice in talking with you is that you've grown exponentially. I mean, thank I you. can just tell that you've thank grown. You. And Jeffrey, thank you for being vulnerable and you're sharing. Welcome. And for those out there, like therapists are pretty cool people if <laughs> if if they're ethical, right? But they're just pretty cool people. And I hope all of you love yourself enough to call a therapist.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note, we've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.